He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I'm Evan Wexel. This is a podcast where I interview a different Facebook friend every episode. Uh, we are at awkwardwithevan.com for internet's sake. Uh, we're also uh, at Awkward with Evan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and can be found on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and of course, your support at patreon.com slash funny Evan. Um, I've been away too long because I've had to make sure what happened is I interviewed the person that I thought was going to be my 1986. So you remember Franzi was my 1985 and I thought I had 1986, but it turned out she was 1987. So you're going to get her after this episode. So for 1986, um, I had someone, then I didn't have someone, but then I had another 1986 and I finally na- nailed it down. Got her on the podcast to talk to me about everything her career. Uh, I am talking about Marissa Figueroa. Marissa Figueroa is the lead singer and writer of the band Highland Kites. She is self-made indie and has put out a lot of work, done six tours, like four LPs or EPs and singles and she did this all in like only a few years. So she's totally self-taught, totally just put her band there. And uh, I just kind of wanted to delve into what her her musical influences were, what got her to want to pick up the keyboard herself or actually just place it on the floor and then play it while she was standing. Um, and I just go through all those things with her and, you know, I try to throw in some other questions for her and... Uh, she recently moved to Nashville or visited Nashville or lives in Florida, but, um, I've met her in LA. Um, she's also someone that overcame illness, uh, to make it to her career and a very inspirational story. So without further ado, here's episode 86, Marissa Figueroa. I need to know what we're talking about. That, that's happened. the whole. That's the point of the podcast. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna go, um, okay. and you can also tell me if you don't want to talk about anything. But I'll I'll, I'll kind of take that up with you during the interview. Okay, if that makes sense. <laughs> Sounds exciting. <laughs> uh, okay, at long last, my I love the '80s series continues on socially awkward with Evan Wexell, and I found the crown jewel of the '80s. See, to me in New York, 1986 was about the Mets winning the World Series, even though I'm not a Mets fan. But 1986 was really about the arrival of artist, singer, uh, wearer of glasses, and multicolored hair sometimes, Marissa Figueroa. Wow. Hello, madam. (laughs) Hi. Are you in Nashville? No, I'm actually in Florida right now. I was in Nashville four days ago. Oh, okay. So are you, you've moved there or? It's complicated. 
you know? Holy Facebook <laughs> status. It's good that this is a Facebook friend podcast. How is yeah. it? So you're, you, yeah, you've been in Florida a lot. Yes. I know you've helped open a gallery with your music. Really? I don't know. There was a <laughs> store that opened in like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was did in a like gallery. A little, a, little, a little music store opening thing for someone down here. Okay. That was a random gig. Yeah, um, it was random, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Now, so so you're splitting your time now between Florida and Nashville or? Yeah, is... so I'm living in Nashville for two weeks with Neil, my drummer. Right. So I'm living there. And then for two weeks, I'm living here where okay. my husband lives. Right. Oh, yes. so, he still li- so he still lives in Florida. Yeah, so we basically still live in Florida, but I'm still going to Nashville every month. Okay, cool. So you're a full-fledged gypsy. So this is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I should start with you then. I know you're the main thing I see about you is you are the founder and lead singer of Highlands Kites. Mm-hmm. And I also appreciate yeah. that you're the only other person I know that uses fan reach like I do for emails for the mailing list. I don't even know if you use them anymore. I kind of, I do. I just get, I got lazy. I'm like, I don't want to spend time transferring because I, people subscribe and I don't want to freaking spend all the time transferring it over to something else. Right. Right. Okay. So (laughs) after, so you, you basically, uh, conquered disease and formed your own band. If you, you wanted to get into that, we can edit this out, but we probably won't. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you I will, but okay. I won't. So you conquered disease and then you're like, I want to start, what did you want to do? You wanted to start singing first or playing keyboards? How did the origin, the origin story of a uh, Highland Kites go? Okay. So, well, uh, how did play, it go? Basically, you can start it by saying, well, after I left Van Halen and then you can go. <laughs> okay. After I left Van Halen, I, uh, <laughs> no, so I got, I, I sick. And, um, you know, throughout my illness, music was a big factor in keeping me, uh, sane and getting me through a lot of these really crappy things I was going through. Right. Um, so I turned to music a lot and then, um, because of what the illness was and what it did to me physically and to my mind, sure. I, was finding that as I was recovering, I was having a lot of trouble focusing on things, reading things. Um, I was on a lot of medication at the time, so right. it just kind of messed me up. And I, I also had written tons of poetry and I'd been through a lot. So I wanted to take my story and start writing about it and, and see if I could help other people with my story. Um, so yeah, that's basically what happened. So I decided, you know, I really have always wanted to do music, but I never have done it or taking the time. So I just started and I said, I have stuff to say, so I'm going to say it. And I started learning piano and the rest is history, I guess. Okay. So piano came first. Vocals obviously were accompanying your piano Mm -hmm. and these were like solo tracks. You started just, it's almost like your poems coming, coming to life through music. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Um, are there like collections? Do you, are, do you think you're going to have like written collections of what you were writing at that time or a lot of it is in the albums that I've released. Okay. Cause yeah. I, cause you're, cause I, I mean, I admire what you've done cause you've kind of gone from like zero to 60. You've done it like from the ground up. What, like yeah. how, like just the count now, just even like 
I'm guessing it's been like only like maybe four years or five. I have no idea. Yeah, like four. Four or five years. You have now how many albums and singles and all that in just that amount of time? So we have three EPs, a full length album, and four or five singles. Okay. And we've done like six tours, like U.S. tours and 150 shows, something like that. Wow. Um, what, what has been, how would you compare the, the writing process to the tour booking process? Um, it's so different. Yeah. I love, I, I love it all. Um, but if I'm being honest, it, the back administrative emailing people and booking tours and all that kind of thing is not my favorite part. Yeah. I'd rather just be creating and writing all the time. I mean, right. I think every artist sort of feels that way, Yeah. but, um, when you don't have, a label or whatever, you just have to do it. So uh, there's, there's such different universes. Do you think artists need labels still, or is it almost more rewarding the way you're doing it? Um, I don't really think in the new, the new way the industry is that you really need a label. Yeah. Um, it really depends, I guess, on what your goals are. Right. Like I'm trying to do. Nice. And I know you have a vision board. I do. (laughs) (laughs) What is the next vision? Um, we are, well, moving to Nashville, at least partially was on there. Okay. So that, that happened. Yeah. Um, we wanted to get a distribution company to work with. So we got that, which was amazing in Nashville. Okay. Where Um, do they distribute? I mean, like, is this for Spotify and all those outlets or? Yeah. So there's, um, you know, there's obviously distribution, like, you know, CD baby and stuff that you can go and put your music anywhere. Right. Um, but this, these guys are this really awesome team that they sort of do artist development as well. Okay. Um, they have more direct lines into like Spotify promotion and playlisting and things that I have been working on right. with the band. So, and they're also just really rad and helpful and we can go into their office and hash out ideas and you know, we sort of are working out our, our next six months of our career with them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. So what, so they develop you by, would they ever like book your tour or they're kind of just like the creative behind the scenes? They kind of do more behind the scenes stuff and they're taking our singles and music and they're helping us promote it. Like they're pitching it to playlisting and things like that. Could you ever like, cause I mean, your stuff is definitely general enough where you could have it placed in like TV or film if, is that like a, a thing That's on the radar? Okay. Yeah. They want to make those connections too, but we're sort of doing everything. I'm just building it gradually is, is basically what I'm doing. Yeah. I, the next we're going to, we're going to, I'm self booking another tour. We're going to go up to an area I'm totally not familiar with. Like we're going to do Kentucky and no way. Nice. That whole part of the U S. So we're going to be doing that starting in April. So I don't know. I'm a big fan of like direct contact, you know, like, playing shows, meeting fans and like actually getting genuine relationships made. So sure. it's not just, you know, but I love Hit playing live. Yeah. So some artists hate it. So they don't want to do that route. Yeah. I found that even getting more followers, I think it's like telling the audience. So I'm on social media. I, I follow back. Just say I follow back. Maybe that helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't doing that a lot. And then at a high school show, I was like, yeah, I'll follow you back. And then I got like 10 people to follow me. I'm like, okay. That's amazing. So I'm now half my feet is 18 year olds, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Don't be picky. No. Beggars can't be choosers. Give <laughs> your favorite 
artists growing up? That is so difficult. Your first Um, favorite artist, the first band maybe you liked or... I've been obsessed with music for as long as I can remember. So it's so hard for me to think, I guess, um, can I pick more than one? Yeah. Like you can start with Barney, the dinosaur song, and then you can go from there if you needed to. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure if it was okay. in your consciousness. I mean, obviously, you know, Disney songs. Oh, okay. Beginning, but, um, I would say Tracy Chapman. Oh, a self-titled album that she put out with fast car. Yeah. Those songs. She went to my college, not at the same time, but like we knew like, oh yeah, she went there and this is, she's in the art house and yeah. She's (laughs) incredible. And I feel like her songwriting is so completely, I just, I love her. So that album, I was like seven or eight years old and I, I saw the album in my dad's CD case and it just kind of drew me in. Mm -hmm. So I took it and started listening and I listened to it on repeat for for months. That was the first time where you I realized compulsively I repeated listening. something over. Yeah. Where I just couldn't stop listening. And it really dawned on me, even at such a young age that there's so much power in storytelling and art. Yeah. And I, I was so drawn to it. That was the first time I realized there was something there for me. Like it ignited sort of a spark in me. Okay. Time to create art. Good. So as you grow up through the nineties, chat, Tracy Chapman hits you next bands that are hitting you after that i got really into you know i sort of skipped the boy band phase for whatever reason a lot of my friends were into the boy bands backstreet boys oh, and well you didn't miss much it's okay okay i i mean it's not even a hate thing i no. don't hate bands but i went straight into grunge like the 90s grunge um garbage would you, would you listen to lithium on sirius xm more than any other station no i listened to k-rock Oh, you mean just in general K-Rock like online? On the radio. If it, if I was listening to the radio, I was listening to K-Rock. Okay. Yeah, like that type of vibe. Right. K- yeah, I now can now you can listen to it online actually. Like you can listen to like K-Rock in LA or there's now the K-Rock in New York is back, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. But Lithium has like on that's like the channel with all the 90s grunge and alternative. Okay, that's cool. I didn't know that. I oh. li- I'm I'm like a full-on Spotify person now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know Spotify, I think there's like, there's a rock this playlist, but I think that's yeah. a little, uh, yeah, I had an interview with, or yeah. I heard of someone who did that. Yeah, it's Spotify. I don't know. I'm really into Spotify. Yeah. As a, as a consumer, like as a music listener, I love right. it. Their playlists are so on point. Okay. So. Yeah. So then, and you create, I guess you create, you know, and I guess bands to get, you would have to probably, is a strategy to create your own playlist, but include your music in those playlists? So that they get yeah. found. Yeah, we've done a little bit of that. Okay. Not super successfully or aggressively. Right. But, <laughs> but that's a thing, apparently. It is a thing. Okay. It is a thing. Um, I've done oh, but. Okay, as the boy bands pass, what happens after the boy bands? You, you avoid so, the boy bands, thank God. But then what else after that? Well, me and my friends used to get together after school every day and watch MTV. Do you remember when MTV was like the way you discovered? Oh, sure. <laughs> the music? So I remember watching MTV after school and uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit came on. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this music? (laughs) Like it was so out of, you know, it was different. Right. At the time. I hadn't really been exposed to any sort of hardcore. I'd gotten into ska music for a little bit. Me and my friends would go to ska clubs and Uh dance and sort of that. And then I I heard 
Nirvana, and I was like, oh, I like this. The emotion, the grunt. It was like dirty. It wasn't polished. No. Fancy. Anyway, so I went on a roll. It was just, you know, the Smashing Pumpkins, like Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness was my favorite album for right, years. I have the I have the plast the hard double. Yeah. Yeah. I got that it. one. Yep. One was that was the first album where I dug into lyrics. Like cause they had the sheet, like they used right. to have the albums the that lyric actually, sheets. the full album the lyrics. Yeah. Sure. And I was like, shit, this is poetry. It's rock music, but it's poetry. So that really intrigued me a lot. Um yeah. As an artist now, what songs do you wish you'd had written of some of your favorites? Oh, that's really hard. Yeah, like is there one you man, if I had that one. Cuz you know mine mine as the comedian would be like I played you once the 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 tattoo song by that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, "Oh man, that's a beautiful song. It does it all. It's not politically correct, but I don't care. It's great." Yeah. Um, but what would or even if, if that's a hard question, say we're looking up Highland Kites on like Spotify, what bands would you want to see surrounding you? Like people that listen to Highland Kites also listen to Sharon Van Etten. Okay. Uh, the National. Okay. Uh, Phoebe Bridgers. I'll play along. Yes. Keaton Henson. Uh, These are more like those same kind of sound. Yeah, sort of that indie thing yeah. you know yeah. they have they have fans and they have they just have really good songs right these are people like i listen to their songs and i'm like shit i i wish i you know i want to write songs that are this good i mean i feel like i don't know as an artist you're always kind of admiring i mean i do i always yeah. admire other people's art and go like wow how can i be better <laughs> my craft um when so I I remember you went you once I said like I think you're at my wife's my wife's party was at your house yeah and I'm like we should put your music on let's just put some like whatever's on your phone and you're like no my song my music is like sad like yeah. what what draws you to like that like I don't know if it's like Radiohead or is it other acts that like what draws you more to that I mean obviously I don't expect you to be like I don't know I don't even know. Just what, 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 what's so beautiful about the, like those kind of tone level, like songs. I've always listened to, you know, Jen, I would say 80% of the music I listened to besides some of the bands I got into in the eighties, you know, right. the Cure, whatever, um, are just that they're just super emotional, honest, you know, when life gets really hard, I dive into those emotions kind uh-huh. of thing. So I, in my music, I like to mix that. And also I've been through a lot of shit. So I feel like I, I pull from a lot of the stuff that I've been through. Yeah. What to cuss on your podcast. I'll, I, I'll, I'll play it by ear as I edit it. Don't worry. I've okay. had much worse. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm cussing. I didn't even ask. Um, I just like how you say cussing. Like you're like from like the South or something. I've been yeah. cussing on your podcast. <laughs> um, no, but I pull from a lot of those experiences and I try to mix it with uh, getting better and and, ho- and the feeling of hope. Right. So I take those. So it's, I don't like writing stuff generally. That's just a huge downer. Right. Um, yeah. But I don't know. It just it makes me when I hear songs like that, it makes me happy. <laughs> Maybe I'm really well, I think as, as you've gone along in your career and you've kind of overcome the initial trials, um, 
I guess is, has the mood changed a little or does it feel like it's true to the original or I mean, how would you, I mean, our is, first EP doesn't sound anything like us. It's right. completely insane. Yep. Um, so we've definitely changed. I would say the writing has gotten more hopeful mm-hmm. as opposed to just, you know, some of my songs earlier are just plain, just like dark. Yep. Um, so it's gotten more hopeful, but it's also gotten, I feel it's gotten simpler mm-hmm. when I, the very first album I released was super, it was like the kitchen sink. I just threw every idea that I had <laughs> every song. That's how I released my, my, my long album. Yeah. I just, it was like a throwback of every, all the crap from the early yeah, on. I listen to it now and I actually like turn red. Like I, I'm like, people can hit, should I take this down or should I leave it up just to see People can see what happens to an artist as they progress. Right. But part of what was so uh, successful, I guess successful, I don't know, whatever, part of the way that I've done everything we've done as fast as we have is I just go for it. Yeah. Sometimes it's good and sometimes it's probably not great. But like I did a show six months after starting to learn the piano. I mean, I didn't even know how to. (laughs) use a sustain pedal. So I like listen to the freaking video and the, the, the keys are like, eh, and they stop because eh, there's no sustain pedal. Okay. It's so terrible. And I'm just like, wow, I was, that's just really brave. Like, cause I think about it now and I'm like, why did I do that? That's, you know, but it's good because I was scared and wasn't quite ready. And I just kept throwing myself into things I wasn't quite, quite ready for. Yeah. Um, which probably lost us some fans in the beginning because people probably heard us and were like, wow, this is no. <laughs> really, <laughs> but whatever. That's nah, worth That's You've got to start out rough. That's what the Goo Goo Dolls did. Yeah. <laughs> never... <laughs> did they? I don't know. They were, they started out as like a punk band, a rough punk band from Buffalo. It's true. And if you dig in some of the early releases on, of some of these popular bands, it's pretty intense. Yeah. Oh, that's, not what yeah what what happened yeah right um what are the odds that if we were ever performing in near the same location for several days would you ever be open to like if we if i would you sing comedy lyrics on any occasion or would that be off your off your message i would totally do that okay i I, I just feel like with the the your sound but then it's like you know even like it's something like like waiting on the line at the bank or even if it's something like about that. Yeah. I feel like we, we could do that. Okay. But I think you would need to write it. So it's still my moody kind of ambient. I, that's what thing. I'd want to do. Right. Yeah. I'd want it to be your sound. But then instead of you singing something honest and genuine and poignant, you're could be just singing about like, I don't know. I can't get my blinker to stop. I don't even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's do it. I'm really into that. Okay. Um, <laughs> How have how have you adjusted to like what social media does to like the priority of like posting about your your stuff on like Facebook and Twitter? Like how have you like I guess like algorithms? How have that adjusted to like how you promote online? Um, I feel like Instagram and Facebook are always changing what they're doing. Yeah, I'll post something and get three hundred likes and all these comments, and then I'll post something and get fifty. And I, I just stop caring because <laughs> I just get. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to do shows right? and connect with actual people in real life. And yes, I'll post stuff to keep people updated, but I'm not going to obsess over numbers or whatever. It's just, it's, 
does it work like to put links in like the comments, for example, on Facebook versus just like throwing it into the to the post or does it not really matter? I don't know. I I, I know that I get more. I mean, for videos, we get more views if we upload them onto Facebook directly. Don't link it. Right. But they count a view as like three seconds of watching and the sound even have to be on so i'm like is that really? <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that's good. why it hasn't happened for me no I'm <laughs> all right uh excellent do you, now do you have any questions for me uh as a facebook friend or even a real life friend is there anything you've been wanting to ask or avoid asking me over the time we've known each other oh no i feel like i should have prepared for this because i'm gonna get off this and then be like wait i had something but you're um, in Florida, um, that has nothing to do with this current line of questioning. Wait, what kind of music do you listen to? Well, this is my favorite band of all time. The, okay, bon, the Bon Jovi is just because I was in the fan club when I was in college and I'd go on fan club trips. And uh, yeah, I did. I've seen a lot of Bon Jovi. I've seen several Goo Goo Doll shows. Uh, OAR, my wife and I, Kelly dumped me. Um, when I saw it, when I took her to OAR, like two, eight weeks into dating, <laughs> she dumped me in the parking lot and we still went to the show. It was horrible. Uh, but then, then like someone, Matt Nathanson opened followed by someone else, but this, these girls only went for Matt Nathanson. So they gave us their tickets and it was like in the eighth row. So we went from, for some reason we went from the balcony down to the eighth row in Jones beach. Um, I, I like OER a lot. Um, Switchfoot is good. I mean, I have like an emo fix once in a while. Like I've I've liked seeing Dashboard and Yellow Card Live before Yellow mm-hmm. Card stopped. Uh, I don't know what else is on. I don't know. I've liked I've liked my my last couple singles. They were good, but they are about people born on March twentieth. One's a sports talk show host, and the other's my wife. And so that's that's really it. Um, What's going to be the name of your next song you think that you're writing currently pre-recording or that you want to write? What do you think it's going to be called? And then I'll share mine. Well, one that I, I'm like in the middle of recording. Yeah. One yeah, recording or like, you know, you have a title for it, but it's not done yet. What's it called? There's one called looking up that we're in the middle of. Okay. And I hate the name, but I couldn't come up with a better one. No. So I left it. Mine is called gender neutral baby. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. The hook, I, the hook of that. Send hook, that to me. When you're done. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to record it. That's the, can you, you can pretty much self record like where you live. Yeah. I have a little mini oh, studio for demos. And that's stuff. what I really should do. I mean, I did Kelly's rap just like sitting in this room and <laughs> I just like got the track and then I just did all the lines. Yeah. My gender neutral baby song. I'm, I'm going to try it out at an open mic. Um, the key hook of that is you have a choice to not make a choice. That's going to be a repetitive riff. So I just have to polish those things off. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to hear that one. <laughs> you take that. Yeah. It's uh, Reminds me of something Bo Burnham would write. Oh yeah. Well, the <laughs> second song I ever wrote was about actually having a baby myself and like going through like the contractions and everything. And then my, I played it for my mom and she's like, where did I go wrong? Uh, <laughs> that's why it's on the business card. Uh, yeah. But um, I think this is more mature, you know, these times got to have a gender neutral baby. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. 
with that. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if you know Liza Savas at all. She inspired yeah. the she inspired the song. Because yeah, I, I saw her it. baby and I was like, I wasn't sure. I didn't want to prejudge whether it was a boy or a girl. And I was like, I wasn't sure. I wanted to be appropriate to the gender neutralness. I didn't want to, I didn't know like, if it was a boy or so. Then she mentioned this <laughs> legislation that has passed in like a certain states. So I'm like, okay, I'm writing a song about this. That's amazing. Yeah. Love it. Anyway. Love it. Where um, can we find Highland Kites? We're on every platform. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, blah, 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 blah. Do you do all the writing or does does Neil just sh- show up to play bass or drums or does he plays drums? Uh, I write the basic song and the lyrics. Yep. So it'll be, you know, an acoustic kind of thing. Yep. And then you deconstruct it and he adds drums and we sample weird sounds and we kind of turn it into a band song together. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Okay. With it, with just me, it's sort of, you know, emotional, a little finger-picking guitar. Oh, I wish I could. I can't finger-pick. I don't think I have the patience. <laughs> I have to be the rhythm. Too long. You really want to switch the chord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait for a pattern to happen. Yeah. I've been wa- working on the Wanted Dead or Alive riff for like 15 years. So one day. Yeah. But that I'm was, not- that's what picked. Yeah, I'm not a very good guitar player, honestly. Guitar, better at keyboard, like piano. Yeah. Yeah, I sort of self-taught-ish guitar, and I just pretend. Yeah. Um, But I get by, at least, so I can write stuff, and then we sort of, whatever. Definitely. Definitely. Very nice. Any closing remarks, Marissa Figueroa, as if this was a trial? What do you want the jury of my, my... robust listening audience to take away from this discussion. Um, you're putting me on the spot. Oh, good. <laughs> Original <laughs> ideas. To- <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for, then thanks for playing along. Yes. Of um, course. So we'll stick around. So stick around. Um, Highland kites everywhere. Do you have an affinity for Highland Avenue more than other avenues? Is that where Highland came from? Yeah, actually, the it's not the Highland Avenue we know about, though. It's in Glendale, the crash street I grew up on that me and all my friends would meet. Oh. Called Highland. Oh. Yeah, so that's kind of where that came from. And you from. flew kites? Yeah, it's kind of a memory thing. Okay. Me and my dad used to go fly kites all the time. Oh, cool. So that's like your that's like a version of like your Stranger Things was kind of like yeah. that. Yeah. And it's adjacent. All all, yeah, some people go around and gorgum whatever monsters, and you just have kites on Highland. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. I got a lot out of this. Thank you. You made 1986 proud. Exactly. Yep. 80s babies. (laughs) All right. Want to thank Marissa Figueroa for coming on the podcast, sharing her story, um, sharing her vision board and her distribution news and everything she will do in the future. Um, I feel like I could write a song and collaborate in a certain way where I can combine her serious vocals with my nonsensical storytelling. Um, and that that's just something I'll put on my vision board. Um, if you like what this podcast is, uh, please go to Apple podcasts and rate it five stars and share it and write a review. Um, also go to Google play, Stitcher, TuneIn radio, uh, Spotify, Apple podcasts. 
Um, and to sponsor, I, I did her interview commercial free. Um, but, um, I've actually gotten a few more patrons at patreon.com slash funny Evan, just cause anything you can provide to help me keep doing this and to afford me the time to put together these interviews is a big help. Um, this is where I usually would say stay awkward because I will, uh, but I'm not going to do that this episode because, uh, I don't know why it hits me. I stay away from gloom and morbid news, but, uh, and you know, comedians have been in the news over the years for, for suicide. And, uh, uh, we lost a really good one, um, yesterday for me. Um, his name was Brody Stevens and we didn't really know each other, but I saw him in a, in a beauty salon slash bar in New York, probably around man, 2004, 2003 when I was starting out and this guy was just phenomenally just took over a crowd and he, and he loved it and he just lived for it. And, uh, you know, we all have, you know, kind of troubles underneath, uh, the, the social veneer we sometimes put out. And, uh, you could tell with, with Brody, there was, there was definitely a sadness there, but, I mean, I had these conversations with him in a Starbucks in Valley Village uh, from, man, it was like the one on Riverside in Laurel Canyon. And I would interview interns and then he'd just be sitting there. And I think he liked being around people because I think he was a, he was a lonely guy um, for the most part because he'd joke about it. He mentioned it in his act. And he would just – he'd sit with me and he would just tell me, just talk about comedy and all that and stuff he's done. And, uh, you know, I didn't – take the initiative to kind of like offer him help or delve in or get to know him better. But a lot of other great comics did and a lot of other great comics in the comedy world overall is hurting. And, uh, this guy was born and bred from the Valley. And, uh, I think he, he was grew up in Detroit, but I know he, like, he lived in the Valley. He promoted himself as a Valley comedian and, uh, man, this isn't where I would say like, you know, ask for help if you need it. It would just be like, enjoy, enjoy just someone's art, whether they're around or they're not just, uh, I don't know, cherish, cherish their memory because, um, you know, I've had, I found out third hand about a best friend I lost like three or four years ago. I didn't know until like a year or two later. And, uh, that hit me hard. But I mean, for some reason you can tell like, I don't know, there's just a greatness about Brody Stevens that was unmatched. The kind of comic where all the comics want to watch his act. Usually we're pretty much into our own thing, but when you're like congregating to just see what he does and what he does to a crowd, uh, I highly recommend you looking up on Twitter, go to John Roy comic. And he gives this great story about how Brody uh, for this agent's showcase just just change the evening for everyone there. And, uh, I'll, maybe I'll put in the show notes, but it was, it's a phenomenal thread. And, uh, rather than go into the outro for this podcast, I'm just gonna, I lifted this video off, uh, YouTube. He was a great drummer and, uh, it's not so much his material. It's just the way he was on stage. And I'm just gonna, just going to put three minutes of, of some audio of this closing video I found on, on Twitter and, uh, just, you know, you guys enjoy it. I, I greatly enjoyed this comedian. If you, if you know, even the background track that he's going, doing this to, 
let me know because I, I would love to have this track just to, to play and remember him. And, uh, you know, as I, as I just turned, you know, I just turned 40 and, you know, I guess these things are going to pop up a little more as you get older with, you know, you lose some people along the way, but you know what? Um, I, I'm watching his stuff today and I'm just, I'm just smiling. Cause like it's brilliant and he's, he's timeless and you see how he rehearsed he is and you see how he makes it sound natural. Like he's saying it for the first time, each performance. And, uh, it's really cool. And, uh, he's a blast. Definitely, uh, go down a YouTube rabbit hole with him. Uh, you won't regret it. Uh, so on that note, stay awkward because I will.